Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. Hello and welcome. Welcome. <laughs> what happened? I thought you were gonna say something else after you said welcome. <laughs> No, I was hoping you would welcome the people, but I guess not. Um, hi, I am Sydney, one of your hosts, and I'm joined here by Taylor, your other host, who is not very welcoming at all. Look, I've had a lot of social interactions since starting, what, last Thursday? Yeah, we went to Nashville. Um, that was fun. I'm tired still. Uh, and then I started a brand new job. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody is super friendly, which I love, but social interactions do tire me out and I'm getting quite tired. So yeah, I didn't want to have to welcome you people cause you people already know me. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, unless you're a first time or listen. And if you're new, welcome. Well, thank you for being here. I'm very excited to interact with you socially. Thank you. Yes. And if you are new here or you're not new here, welcome to This Is Gonna Sound Weird, a podcast about all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. Uh, each week we cover a different topic, and this week's topic was surprise. Surprise! And the reason we did that is because last week we couldn't think of a yep. theme. So, so we like to throw in a nice little surprise and we can't think of a theme and we just Google whatever comes to mind. Yeah. And uh, I chose mine based on a TikTok I saw. Um, and I, uh, I'm not sure why I chose this. Um, it's, it's something. That's for sure. Um, but oh, it's definitely listen. I know what you're doing yours on, and it is, it is something. I'm gonna tell you that much. And I also saw the TikTok, and yeah, you know what? I ain't gonna say much more. I'm just gonna let you, the people, listen and make your own decisions, make your own opinions on it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, since we're talking about it already, I mean, I guess I might as well start. Sorry, we didn't give y'all those um, at least, you know, five to six minutes of chit-chat that we usually will just do just because. Um, but, but we've given you about, uh, but like we said, we about two minutes and 30. Well, we gave you two minutes 30, but like, I, like we just said, we came back from Nashville. Me and Taylor are extroverts, but even extroverts get a little tuckered out from social interaction. I know there were parts of the weekend even though I was having fun where I had to I had to go to a side room and scroll on TikToks by myself just to decompress yeah I would do that in the mornings um I didn't sleep very well because I was sleeping on a memory foam bed and don't come at me memory foam sucks and so I would wake up really early and I would go sit in the living room and eat some breakfast and listen to a podcast while everybody else was sleeping um so yeah, but here we are, just just family here on this podcast, just hanging out, and I'm gonna get to tell you a story. So, like I said, I saw this story on TikTok, came across it, and since it was a surprise week, I got intrigued. And then when I started researching it, I did realize that it is such a, like, current case that while there was a lot of information, a lot of the information were, like, 
gruesome details and quotes that like I just didn't feel necessary to include all of it. So if my story seems a little discombobulated, it's because it is and because it is currently unfolding. And I feel like I don't usually do stories that are currently unfolding, but uh, I just, when I saw the photo of the victim in this case, she just looked so sweet and so beautiful. I was like, I just don't understand how this happened. Mm. I really don't. No, it is insane. Um, it, I'm just, Again, I'm just going to let you go for it. Okay. So, these are my sources. First off, uh, rarediseases.org, uh, the locked-in syndrome page, newyorkpost.com, an article by Yaron Steinbuck, uh, dailymail.uk, uh, no, sorry, .co.uk, it was an article by Greg Woodfield, and lawandcrime.com, an article by Colin Kalmbacher. Now, I will say, when I first started researching this, I couldn't find, like, a source that I was like, okay, this is a good, solid, like, reputable source. And I'm not sure how I feel about the Daily Mail as a source, but it seems like they were the ones that, like, almost have gotten all of the interviews, and a lot of the other sources have taken um, their interviews and done what they will. So, either way, this is what this is what I have. So, on January 3rd, 2022, a 36-year-old woman named Lacey Fletcher was found dead on a couch in her parents' house in Slaughter, Louisiana. She was found in a way that, if you've seen this on the internet, some say she melted into the couch, and others say that she had fused to the couch. Like, her body was basically melted into this couch. They said her face was covered in large red splotches, and excrement was smeared all over her body. And this excrement that was on her body appeared to be her own. And she was sitting... Like, so how she was sitting in the couch, there was like a hole almost like that had just been, it almost, there's like photos of the couch. It almost looks like somebody has burnt a hole in this couch. And they said she was sitting in the hole so deep that it almost buried her up to her shoulders. And whenever they said that, I'm thinking that the, like the bottom couch cushions, you know, are up to her shoulders. That's how deep the hole was that she's sitting in. Um... And so, authorities believe that this woman had been on the couch in this state for up to 12 years. Now, you're probably thinking, what's happening? And I'm also thinking that. And even after I tell you the story, you're still going to be thinking, what is happening? So, apparently, it's reported that Lacey basically disappeared from the public eye about 15 years ago. Her classmates remember her beginning to retreat into isolation around the ninth grade. And after the ninth grade, she was homeschooled. So, you know, obviously her classmates weren't seeing her. And the isolation uh, coincided with an acceleration of her autism. So she had been diagnosed with autism. And apparently at this point, it was worsening uh, for her. And her parents were the ones that were caring for her. And apparently, though, in the community, Lacey's parents, Sheila and Clay Fletcher, were known as good church-going people in their community. But once Lacey was discovered, this image was shattered because, um, what the fuck? And that's all you can say. Because they lived in this house where she was found. Just, if anybody was confused, her parents lived there. And so did she. 
So her parents basically did nothing to care for her as they should have because she had severe social anxiety and autism. And it's said that, you know, with those um, diagnoses, you should be going to the doctor quite frequently. Even people with just normal, you know, anxiety levels or anything like that, uh, you have to go to the doctor. You got to keep up. Um, but she had not seen the doctor in, they said, about 20 years. So, yeah. And her parents essentially just allowed her to sit on this couch and urinate and defecate and not move. So when the coroner viewed Lacey's body, they said that they had never seen anything as horrible as her condition. When they found her sitting in the hole in the couch, it said she was sitting with her feet crossed, like crisscross applesauce almost, like inside the hole. And it said that her, her bottom was covered in ulcers. And she even had maggots, like, on her body. Oh, no. When she was found. I know she had yeah, been she in weighed, so much pain. Yeah. Yes. And there was one source to where almost, like, her parents were trying to claim she wasn't in pain. But I'm like, that's just not no, true. absolutely not. Like, I think about babies that have diaper rashes and that's just like a, a, yeah. a little minor thing could you imagine you, you have ulcers that have formed yeah and one source even didn't even describe it as an ulcer they literally said that like her bottom had basically rotted off oh because you know like old people get ulcers or anybody gets ulcers if you like lay in a hospital bed for too long mm -hmm. and they don't flip you over and all that um yeah and when she was found she weighed less than 100 pounds and some sources said that when she was found she reported um positive for covid but i don't really think that played much of a role um in this whether she had it or not the weird thing is though that i couldn't find i'm not sure how um the police were made aware of this situation my guess is and if somebody knows this let me know my guess is that somebody maybe called in a welfare report on them um and they came in and checked so i don't know which it's odd that a welfare check would be called you know after she's been there for i don't know 12 years i don't know because in one like when i did some reading on it after seeing the tiktok i saw that the mother had called because her daughter had stopped breathing. In oh. which case, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. And you know what? That could be it. I, I, I couldn't find why um, or how they got there. But the coroner, Dr. Ewell Bickham stated that Lacey had died from years of severe medical neglect, which led to malnutrition, acute starvation, immobility, acute ulcer formation, and osteomyelitis, which is a bone infection that eventually led to sepsis. So basically, to me, that just means that she just died of all of these things, you know, together, obviously. Basically, she just died from years and years of neglect. And so, obviously, the parents were taken in. They were questioned by law enforcement. Lacey's parents claimed that Lacey was the one that had chosen not to leave the couch. They said she chose to use the bathroom in that spot and refused to move. 
Um, and Sheila, the mother, said that Lace that she did clean Lacey's sores and that she never complained about them. So I think that's when the pain thing came in because she was like, well, she never complained and said that she hurt and she claimed she cleaned her sores. Um, um, and I'm just like, my thing is, what? and I don't know how severely autistic she was, but sometimes those who are autistic, they can't always articulate it but you as a caregiver need to know you know signs non-verbal signs that she is uncomfortable and I'm sorry even if you're not good at that she is sitting in her own feces and has sores on them that has to hurt there's no way it doesn't also even if it doesn't hurt if somebody is that severely impaired they, you can't care for them. You have to, you know, take them to a facility or something to, to, like, get help. Or even if it starts getting too bad and she starts getting these sores. I mean, I'm sorry. Even if, you know, my dog, he can't tell me when something's hurting. Because dogs are like, you know, they can't really tell you. But if I think something's a little up, you take them to the doctor and see. But clearly, they did not care. And... The parents even suggested, or somebody suggested, I think it was probably the parents, that Lacey suffered from a rare neurological disorder known as locked-in syndrome, which is basically, it said, a complete paralysis of all the voluntary muscles in in the body, except for the ones that control eye movements. And so they're saying that she had this disorder, I guess, which is why she couldn't move. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, even if she did have it, Take her to the doctor. You, you don't just leave a person to sit forever if they can't move. Yeah, at some point, even if, like, you don't think she's in pain, obviously you cannot care for her. You shouldn't be caring for her. You need to take her somewhere where professionals can help her. Yeah. Uh, but the coroner denied that Lacey suffered from this disorder. And he instead obviously stuck to that Lacey's cause of death was severe and prolonged neglect. And following the discovery of Lacey's body, the district attorney, Sam Aquila, I don't know if I said that right, um, planned to convene a grand jury proceedings um, against the parents to ask that the charges of second degree murder be brought against Sheila and Clay. Um, the grand jury was convened and they were shown the gruesome photos of the crime scene. And it was said that the jurors were obviously in utter shock. Uh, it said there was silence in the courtroom. Some were gasping in horror and others were just staring with disbelief. And following the discovery of uh, Lacey, her parents were arrested, but they were released soon after. So I guess they were just arrested for like questioning. But they were released soon after on bond. Uh, Sheila specifically was released a little over 24 hours following her arrest after posting $300,000 bond. And as of this, and the husband was also released. I'm not exactly sure when, not long after that. But as of this point, I don't think that the results of the grand jury have been released. I couldn't find them. But, you know, they convened the grand jury to see if there's enough evidence to bring charges against them. Um, And to me... It seems 
in my own personal opinion, it seems that there is likely enough evidence to bring charges. Uh, but one source said it is also likely that um, the parents will plead guilty. Uh, they'll probably take a deal. Um, so that is kind of where the case is left off at this point. And I assume that there will be updates. Um, I didn't quite realize how recent it was. Like I saw the TikTok and I, I guess I wouldn't pay attention to the dates. But uh, yeah. I just don't understand. And one thing that people kept asking, they were like, how did her parents live in the home with her for that long? And like, I want to know, like, was she verbal? Like, did she talk? Like, I don't. And I guess maybe that's something that could come out like an investigation because, yeah, I don't know her like diagnosis of autism because, you know, some people with autism are nonverbal, but I don't know if she was because, I mean, she went to school with like other people and I think one source said, you know, she was like involved in some sort of club or activity. So, or, you know, also when her parents, maybe if they took her out of school to homeschool her, then that could have made her go into a decline to where at some point she could have become nonverbal if she's not getting those, you know, social interactions and help with her diagnosis. But yeah, it's a, a sad story and I don't even know how to wrap my brain around it. No, it's insane. And it is horrible. And my thing is, I'm like, what? Their only argument is, okay, she did this to herself. That's not, no. She's living with you. No. You are her guardian. You're her caretaker. And obviously, you are not doing anything, quite frankly. And I don't, I also just I can't just... even fathom... How were they able to stand not only seeing her in that state, but also it had to have smelled? Yeah, I mean, one source said that, I mean, I don't know if it was the whole house or at least the living room at the house. I mean, it just smelled like probably like a bathroom, probably like a terrible porta potty. Because not only is it, you know, urination and excrement, I mean, her body was basically decomposing while she was alive. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And I don't know what, like, did her parents work? Did they have family members? I mean, clearly nobody came over to their house. So maybe they were just all super secluded. I mean, I feel like they had to be all super secluded from society. But, like, I don't understand. I don't understand why. And if her mom did call the police, that's actually kind of shocking. Because, uh, what do you think they're going to say when they get there? Maybe her parents have some sort of, I don't know, disconnect. I have no idea. I have no idea. No. Clearly there's something wrong yeah, with them. That would be <laughs> interesting to hear if there is like a case in an investigation, which I assume that there will be, to see what like a psychologist would say about her parents. Yeah. Well, maybe there'll be an update on this and maybe I'll update y'all one day. In our, in our next surprise episode, maybe I can update you on the status of this. Because there's so many questions I still have. So many. Yeah, I would hope that we would have, you know, a more positive, as positive of an outcome as we could get in a horrible situation like this. Yeah, I hope they go to jail. Yep. For, forever. To put it plainly. Yes. And they're, they're older, I think. Well, they're not, like, older. She, I mean, she was 36 herself, but 
I think they said the mother was 64. So. Yeah. But. And they don't. And, like, their house itself, like, on the outside, it doesn't look like some, you know, tattered, old, beat-up house. I mean, it just looks like a normal little two-story house. And then that goes on on the inside. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But. Yeah, I started doing. I started researching, and I was like, I really don't know if I want to do this story. It was just real sad. Oh, no, it's it's sad. Uh, but thank you for that horrible sur- story. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, I saw that on my TikTok this week, and I was like, that is insane. That I'm, yes, I'm it's just blown away. Very. Yeah. Same. Thank you for that horrible story. I'm normally the one. You're I'm welcome. normally the one that tells horrible stories. Um, so sorry, to, sorry yes. to disappoint. I mean, mine's not great, but it's not. It's, I beat you on horribleness. It's definitely not on the same level. So. Okay. Good. But thank God. I will be doing my story on Lana Turner. Ever heard of her? Mm-mm. I've heard of Lana Del Rey. Not affiliated. Sadly, but okay. I do love That's I do okay. love that song. Video games. I love that song, but only as sung by the Trixie Mattel. I do like the Trixie Mattel it's version, better. but the song "Video Games" it absolutely takes every bit of serotonin out of my body. Okay, see, here's the thing though: the one that when Trixie sings it, it makes me feel happy. The Lana Del Rey version, yeah, it makes me feel it sad. Makes me feel so sad. But damn if it ain't good. I don't even know what it's about. I guess it's about playing video games. Speaking of video games, my Animal Crossing came in for my Switch. So we need to wrap this up so I can go play. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So I'm going to talk really quickly. Um, So my sources this week were Time Magazine, Mentalfloss.com, and Wikipedia. Okay. That's enough. Everybody, go read those articles she just mentioned, and we're going to wrap it up. Thank you. Have a good week. (laughs) So... If you decided to stay, then why? We just told you Taylor had to go. Yeah, I'm gone. This is my ghost. Yep, this is a pre-recording. But mm-hmm. Lana Turner was born Julia Jean Mildred Francis Turner on February eighth, nineteen ninety. Sorry, nineteen twenty-one, which is crazy. That's my birthday. Not the same year, but that is my birthday. Come on down, y'all. It is. Bad bad bitches only were born on February 8th. (laughs) Bad bitches only born on February 22nd. Me and good old George Washington. Absolutely. Wow. She was born in Wallace, Idaho. And when Lana was just nine years old, her father, who was known as a con man and a swindler, was actually beaten to death after winning money in a card game. And it's not really clear what exactly happened because the case was never solved. So I don't know if maybe he, you know, I'm thinking maybe he cheated at the game and won. For whatever reason, he was beaten to death. So from an early age, she had a troubled childhood. But when she was 15, she was discovered while at a soda shop in Hollywood. 
and soon she made her film debut as a murder victim in the 1937 film, They Won't Forget. And it didn't take long for her to establish herself as a leading lady in the MGM films. Because I guess back in the day of, like, the old days of Hollywood, it's not like now where, like, you know, you audition for different films and, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, just bounce around from different film studios. It's like once you got in with, like, MGM or Warner Brothers, you would have a contract and you would get to do multiple movies with them which i think Mm -hmm. is kind of like when people you see one person in a netflix movie and then you see them in like five more i think it's kind of like that Mm -hmm. but you know i talked about that guy last week he had like played in 38 western movies or something and it kind of reminds me of that Mm -hmm. you just play in all the movies that this company or whatever no you know what it's like Adam Sandler movies. Yes, once you get in with Adam Sandler, you're gonna be in every. <laughs> you're in all, you're in all of, them. of them. Which I mean, that's not a bad. That's <laughs> not a bad gig because Adam Sandler normally picks pretty cool locations, and he always be eating Hooters and uh, Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh yeah. And nice. So you at least should be eating good. True. So she received an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress. For her role in the 1957 film Peyton Place, which I have heard of but have no idea what it is about. I've not heard of it. All right, well, that doesn't say anything because for those of you who don't know Taylor, if you ask her any pop culture questions about any movie, she ain't gonna know. That is correct. If you ask her about a celebrity, she don't know it. Unless it's like a really, really big celebrity like... Taylor knows who Kim Kardashian is because, you know, who doesn't? But if you mm-hmm. watch a movie with Taylor, she's not, and you ask her, where do we know that person from? She won't be able to tell you. She's going to have to Google it. She's going to have to IMDb it. No. Hot take. I hate movies. Okay? There. I said it. They're too long. I get bored. I mean, I like some, but if you ever, ever want to do something with me, it'll never be the movie theater. No. That's pretty rough. Uh, there is a really <laughs> cool movie theater in Raleigh that it's like all kind of like old Hollywood, like monster themed. Uh, now that is cool because you can order food while you're sitting there and they bring you beer and popcorn. It's great. And they got reclining seats. It's more of an experience. Damn. And there's a bar in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a little different. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm not going to invite you. Okay, fine. Don't. I won't. I'll eat popcorn and beer at my own house. Mm-hmm. Like crochet. Hmm. All right, Grandma. (laughs) A side note, Taylor, when we were on, so we may have mentioned this before, Taylor hates flying. She has a terrible fear of flying. So on our way to Nashville, Mm -hmm. anytime, like anything would happen on the plane, you know, a little bump, or she hears a little ping, like noise that goes off, she would just start crocheting faster. She was just furiously crocheting. Mm-hmm. I was sitting. I was. I got a lot done. She did. It went from, you know, a little piece of thread to, like, a, a coaster to a pot holder. <laughs> you know, if we if we go on another flight, we could probably get a blanket out of it. I'd like to see where it goes. Hey. Whenever I go to Costa Rica for our honeymoon, got a longer flight, so who knows what I'll come back with. Because I will say, 
the crochet helped my anxiety on the plane so yeah by the time you get back from your honeymoon i'm sure brandon's gonna have a brand new scarf a pair of gloves and a hat (laughs) i'll just start putting them on while we're in the airplane here here you look a little chilly there you go (laughs) but despite having professional success lana wasn't successful in love she actually would end up being married and divorced eight times by the time she was 50. And she, this is, I thought it was kind of funny. She married one guy twice, and that was Joseph Stephen Crane. So they were married and divorced twice. And she was famously quoted as saying, my goal was to have one husband and seven children, as it turned out to be the other way around. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> so, at least she had a little bit of humor in it. And it kind of seemed that Lana ha- was attracted to men with troubled backgrounds, which, not to psychoanalyze her, but that would make sense, just seeing as her father being a con artist. That, you know. Mm-hmm. Me and Taylor were talking about this the other day, how it's that old, you know, saying, women always marry their dad. Don't know if that's true, but... yeah. Well, no. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but her marriage to actor Lex Barker ended in 1957 after Lana accused him of molesting her daughter Cheryl Crane. Oh, no. And in the late 1950s, Lana began a relationship with Johnny Stampinato, who was a bodyguard to the famous gangster Mickey Cohen. And they had a pretty tumultuous relationship. Johnny was abusive towards Lana, and not to mention his ties with the mob probably didn't help. You know, he's probably into some sketchy stuff, as I imagine. Some real, some real criminal activity. But on the night of April fourth, nineteen fifty-eight, an argument between the couple broke out, and Johnny became very violent and enraged with Lana and threatened to cut her face off. Well, so he, in one article it said that he was going to cut her face off and the other it said that, you know, he was just going to slice her face. Either way, not great. I don't want a knife anywhere near my face. No. Yeah, either way, not, not great. Yeah. Um, which, you know, even if he, you know, cut her face, that was going to hurt her career because she was known for her good looks, just like any other Hollywood starlet. Mm. Mm-hmm. But Lana... That's what I'm known for, too. Yep. Yeah, you guys don't... Un- My beauty and good looks. That's unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunate that this is a podcast and that you can't see her. God. Her face for radio. <laughs> Yeah, I have a face for radio and a voice for silent films. Same. I I feel like the people would definitely argue I have a voice for silent films. I don't know. Let us know in uh, the comments of our Instagram page. Please roast the shit out of Taylor if you think she has a voice for silent films. Yeah, please do. I won't mind. (laughs) She definitely won't cry. No. But, uh, so her, her, Lana's 14-year-old daughter, Cheryl, 
watched in fear as her mother and Johnny fought. And she went, got a knife, and in, you know, the tussle, she ends up stabbing Johnny in the abdomen. And a lot of calls for a doctor who attempted to revive Stampinato with an adrenaline injection, which I find interesting because I didn't really think that those were a thing other than in Pulp Fiction. But evidently, they thought that was going to do the trick. Oh. And uh, they also used like a artificial respirator, but they were unable to get a pulse back. And Stempanato was subsequently pronounced dead at the scene. Mm. And soon the story of Stampinato's death was a media sensation. Mickey Cohen, who, as I mentioned before, was a famous mobster and uh, who, you know, Johnny was the bodyguard of, he actually ended up leaking Lana's love letters to Stampinato to the press and conspiracy theories that Lana had actually been the one to stab Stampinato started to surface. And people began to kind of form these ideas that Lana had been the one to kill Johnny and Cheryl just took the blame, you know, to protect her mother. Whether it was, you know, to protect her career or protect her from going to jail because, mm. you know, Cheryl was only 14, so she probably wouldn't go you know, get any hard time on it. However. Yeah, that's true. The coroner deemed Stampinato's death justifiable, which, I mean, obviously he was, you know, attacking someone and threatening to cut their face off. Seems justifiable. Yeah. Also, like... I would say so. Uh, I, how would you expect a 14-year-old girl to defend herself against a grown man? She's going to need a knife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, probably more. Yeah. But you know what? She didn't need that, because she killed him with just a knife. Good on her. Cheryl, bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cheryl was exonerated from any wrongdoing and would end up being made a ward of the state, and she was put under the guardianship of her grandmother, and in June of 1958, Stampinato's wife, which, you know, that kind of thing, I feel like that's kind of scandalous in itself. I mean, obviously, he probably wasn't the best guy considering he was part of the mob, but infi- mm. infidelity, Johnny. So hard to find a good, upstanding mob man. <laughs> Dang. I would have thought they would have been the most honest. Ups, upstanding guy out there. Is nothing sacred? Seriously? God. Does this, do the wedding vows mean nothing, Johnny? But his wife, she she filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Cheryl, which again, I find that crazy. She is a 14-year-old girl, but go off, I guess. And uh, so she not only filed the lawsuit against Cheryl, but also Cheryl's father and Lana, and was seeking $750,000 in damages, which I would be interested to see, like, how much that is in today's money. Because this was back in the 50s. So, I would... How much was it? 750000 Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna go with... 
more more than that yep <laughs> you're absolutely fucking right uh it's probably gone up in the past five minutes just the way inflation has gone up uh, yeah oh my god oh god but the lawsuit was eventually settled out of court in 1962 for a sum of $20,000. So, you know, a little bit less. Uh, yeah, just a little. And Stampinato's death would end up becoming the subject of the novel Where Love Has Gone, which was released in 1962, as well as the film adaptation of the novel. And in 2007, Time Magazine named the case this specific case one of the most notorious crimes of the 20th century which uh i actually that's how i found this i looked up just famous crimes and i had never heard of it so i said let's go i love old hollywood okay yeah um and then cheryl she you know kind of went into a rebellious period as she entered into her teenage years and in an up having to go to a reform school as well as um, a sanitarium before she ended up working for her father when she turned 21 and from then on she was seemed to be on the straight and narrow but honestly I can't blame her too much it's gotta weigh heavy on you to watch your mother's boyfriend beat on her and then you stab him to death and you're only 14 uh yeah yeah definitely it's not gonna be uh something that you're gonna you know be able to just move past and i'd argue that she probably could use some therapy and uh, i doubt she got correct therapy for that in 1950 something no absolutely not um i don't know if they were still diagnosing women with hysteria at that point but um (laughs) they probably were like "Mm, it's just that time of the month like no she has trauma trauma yeah if hysteria was still a thing i would have been diagnosed with this so many times oh, absolutely oh i would have just gonna put me away maybe we could get a room together that'd be nice that would be nice no nah, i would probably have just been pinned as a witch. a witch and burned at the stake yeah definitely with that witch tattoo yeah. on your hip they're gonna be like how did she even get I this know. it's 1400 how is it such good quality god she's a time traveling witch yeah but despite this whole scandal lana would continue to have a successful career in television however in 1995 she would end up dying of throat cancer but she did live a very long life she lived to be about 70 so Okay. Good on her. Yeah. Yeah. Good on her. But that is the story of Lana Turner and her bad bitch daughter who just didn't take any shit and stabbed a grown ass man. Good for her. Yeah. I had never heard of that story. Yep. I hadn't either. Uh, But I love old Hollywood. There is a podcast that I know Taylor, you've listened to it called "You Must Remember mm-hmm. This," which talks about different things that happened in Hollywood's what is it, first century or yeah, I think that. Well, do they call it the Golden Age? Maybe yeah, it's anything from like 
1900 to like 1999 is what yeah. what they cover. So they do everything from like the Marilyn Monroe case to Charles Manson. Um, and it's very well done. Like the Charles Manson series is several episodes long and mm-hmm. very well done. I know an obscene amount about yeah. the Charles Manson case because of it. Because she'll do like an episode where she just focuses on like who Sharon Tate is and how she fits in. And it goes yeah. through her entire life. But then after that, they have to talk about Roman Polanski and who he is and how he relates to it and mm-hmm. what he's done wrong. It's all crazy. Yeah. I haven't listened to that in a while. Maybe I'll listen to some tomorrow at work. Yep, definitely. She's got a soothing voice, too. I'd recommend. That's true. She does have a soothing voice. Much better than my grating voice. She has a voice for a podcast. Yeah. My voice has been a little raspy this week because I I lost it a little bit over the weekend having to yell at everybody at the bars and, you know, we was being real woo girls while we were there. Woo! You got to. She's getting married. Woo! God. Woo! I was my yeah. own worst enemy. I was, yeah. It was rough times. It was rough times. I told Brandon that I was. some lady tried to force me to shotgun a beer and I said no. And he basically told me I was a loser. And I was like, I was not going to throw up on that party bus. It just wasn't happening. Sorry. Yep. Taylor will throw up shotgun and a beer on a good day, let alone on a moving tractor. I throw up drinking too much water at one time on a good day. I just can't take that much liquid in at once. I don't have enough room in my stomach. That's true. It's so tiny. That's why I'm so skinny. (laughs) Yep. That's something something that you just said. (laughs) Anyways, what's our theme next week, Sydney? She forgot. Well, I know what it is. It's re... Okay. Before I say what we've termed it. Oh. So, I personally wanted... Now it's all coming back to me now. (laughs) So, I wanted to do, like, cold cases, but that have, like, you know, been cold for a long time, but that have got... I've gotten solved, obviously. You know, like something similar to the Golden State Killer, but we've already covered that. Yes. Because I saw a few this, like, recently that have been solved and they were cold cases. So, Sydney has termed the episode reheated cold cases. Yes, they were cold and then you popped them back into the microwave and they're hot again, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, that's our theme. I, I have a few things in mind that I want to maybe look into. There's one that I've thinking of specifically, and there's another one that, now I can't remember. But I'm not going to, no, I know what it is. Okay. Y- y'all will know next week, if, whichever one I choose. <laughs> Alright. I am just going to be so shaken with anticipation after that little tease you gave us. You should be. I'm such a tease. <laughs> uh, um, well, on that note... <laughs> Please follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, join our Facebook group, follow us on TikTok, follow us on our personal TikToks. I posted a TikTok yesterday. It's got 111 likes. So can we get it to 112? Stay tuned. No, I haven't liked it. Mm -hmm. 
gonna have to hold out wait did i i don't know i may have god <laughs> fuck you if you didn't Un- unfuck you if you um, did couldn't say well we'll have to see if i did like it i'm gonna go unlike it then you'll have two more likes to get to god dang it or should i add more hashtags to it it's because i've been yeah, watching so much of the amber Heard johnny depp trial it is riveting people we are coming down to the wire. And all I can say is, Taylor, you need to be like that Camille Vasquez. She's a bad bitch. You need, that, you need to watch some videos of her. Take some fucking notes. Because that bitch don't take no shit. And I like her. I'm sorry. It's not going to be me. Because I'm not going to be in a courtroom. I, I will be on the back end with a large corporation telling them how not to get in trouble. So, hate it for y'all. Y'all never going to see me in a big court case unless, for some reason, I have majorly messed up in my advising for a large company. Uh, You know, I represent and I'm getting sued. (laughs) In which case, I'm going to need the lawyer. Yeah, well, you should call Camille Vasquez. Okay, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. But uh, thank you for listening. Join us next week for Reheated Cold Cases. (laughs) and until next time stay weird goodbye goodbye